3: That's NOom.com dot com to sign up today.
4: back everybody to another episode of bench with bubba episode 601 gonna recap week 20 fab talk about some news and much much more i guarantee you a uh, trip down a different lane at some point in time at least once it will happen on this show you can find me on twitter at bedientric and my guest as usual on these early week editions on twitter at mike underscore curlin mike curlin how we doing my friend
5: always a delight to be on the show with you
4: Yes, yeah, folks. <laughs> if, we, if we were recorded about 45 minutes ago, he'd be a totally different person right now until just, uh, until just... Emerson Hancock did Emerson Hancock things. So, um, <sighs> we have a different Mike Curland all of a sudden. So, beware. it was,
5: I, I get it. and I even told you last week I wasn't really that in on him. I got a cheap share, and we'll obviously talk about it later. But I want, I wanted him for the KC matchup, and he looked good through four, and then the fifth inning happened, and all the good that my team did tonight went to crap. Not overall, not terrible because like it wasn't like an obliteration of the ratios but when you have like 10 solid innings of no era and then get the five run runs in point two innings of work basically it really just doesn't you know just again it's one of those one step forward three steps back this team that was once really elite has it's just injury after injury and then setback after setback with stuff and I'm just hoping to crawl to the finish line. I don't know if the overall... Like, I'm not going to win the overall in the main event by any means, but I I'm, i was hoping to get back into the like competitive area, maybe top 20 range. I still think it's possible, but it's going to take my team getting right sooner than later, and my team is just it, the right injuries. Now. It's the injuries. It's not... The pitching's been okay. It's been serviceable. It's the injuries just on the offensive side. India, Naylor, Young, um, and then that Mullins missed a chunk of time, and that's four core parts of your offense that between the four of them, I've I'm gonna I've missed I'm missing a rest of the season for most of them, and then one guy missed about a month plus of total baseball. So it's it's um it's just one of those things where it's really hard to overcome. I'm I'm still in first place in my league. So winning my league is still a goal and an achievable and obtainable one at that, but it is aggravating that uh something you know, just being in the the mix of the overall and potential being in like top ten. All season long, for two thirds of the year, just for the fall part, at the end is really aggravating. It's it's a game we love the game, and there's obstacles to overcome from it because of it. But when when the when the when the injury bug hits you that hard at the end, towards the end of the year, when you're trying to make that home stretch like a little bit of a run, it's really aggravating because all that hard work to almost not be for nothing, but to be for like and you just couldn't finish. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's I'm I'm, have, I'm having that in a few Fab leagues, but more importantly
4: a couple of 50s and DCs that I was doing very, very well in, it's getting very difficult to set lineups right now, and it's showing in my weekly um, you know, standings on those leagues. So it's that time of the year. It's the dog days of the season. We have about six weeks to go after this week. We'll keep grinding on. We'll keep bringing you fabric caps and, and much, much more. Uh, you guys are slacking, though. No questions this week. Yeah, I know it's football season. But come on now. But we'll, we'll see how that goes going forward. Let's talk about a couple bits of news and notes here. There's a lot of little minute injuries here and there and everything uh, that we can evaluate as time goes on. But it was announced on Tuesday, Shane McClanahan, to have Tommy John surgery. He will miss all of 2024. And now that's like the fourth or fifth race pitcher to be gone um, with, with an injury. It's getting pretty, pretty wild here. Currently, not a tough a ton we can do about the McClanahan evaluation of this, but like Zach Lytle basically locks himself in the rotation, barring anything crazy. Um, you might get some Jalen Beeks action or some other guys. Anything that maybe interests you out of this Tampa Bay situation?
5: Um, more so, like, I think Simeon actually tweeted yeah. out, like, I think that's actually legitimately the way to handle pitchers for the Rays. Like, do we just not so ignore them, but ding them for potential for injury? Because they've done a great job with pitching and developing them. But this goes back to, like, last year, Glass now last year as well. Shane Baz. Uh, and since
4: Baz will be back next year. So that'll be a fun draft day topic.
5: And that's one of those things. Well, but that's the thing, how – I think he's going to be one of those, like, if you're drafting in November and December, like us degenerates do, you're probably going to get really cheap Baz shares. And he's a flat boards come January, February. So that's just one of those names. But like, that's what I'm like, this, this goes back beyond this year. It's was, it was just this year is really bad because you have McClanahan, Rasmussen and Springs. But I feel like last year we had Baz and McClanahan. And then I feel like there's might even, and then some of the relief pitchers are always in and out, you know, you had Rasmussen. It, it, yeah, this year. Uh, but I'm trying to think like the injuries. I know like their the relief pitchers. Like last year, they had a whole bunch that came. Like they have really good relief pitchers that just kind of fall down, fall to injury, and so it's not just the starters. My, I guess my point is for the Rays is that it's a pain in the neck to deal with, and I it's becoming a like a, a pattern. Yep, so, it is, and it'll be, we'll see what. interested
4: to see what ADPs look like. That's for one. If you get to pay a premium, probably out. Get a bit of a value. We'll discuss did you know it. Did you know Jeffrey Springs is about to be 31? I did not know he was that old, but that makes holy. Sense. Yeah, I think he was traded <laughs> to them a couple years ago. He no, I, I, make Rasmussen's
5: twenty-eight. I kind of get that. It's just it's why I didn't realize. Sorry, I was random. I was looking at I was looking at their injured players on uh, us and Thirty point nine. He's gonna be thirty-one soon. I did not realize uh, Jeffrey Springs was that old. I thought he was like maybe you know 26, 27, Just figured it out as a starter. No, he's that's weird. So yeah, that's yeah. the thing. But that's the thing. If you look at these guys, they're all old. Rasmussen and Springs in particular are older. And these are guys that they kind of re—they they created these guys out of nothing, essentially, right? That's how I look at it. So it's one of those things where the Razor and keep doing that. Now, if the price is good for player, like if they can turn like if Latell turns into that guy this year, next year maybe he starts off as an early draft day bargain because you know he's coming in, he's possibly in a fifth, you know, fifth SP spot, and you know, you know what the Rays can do with these guys. But maybe you have, maybe hopefully we don't inflate the price too much based on the Rays process in terms of like building up pitchers and realize like, well, they build these guys up, they're really good, but the shelf life is really short, it looks like, for these guys. so Yeah, it'll definitely be something to keep an eye
4: on because it's uh, really really standing out. (laughs) Yeah, it'll definitely be a topic of conversation in the offseason. It's been something that's uh, definitely standing out in their production. They're a team that tells their guys to like go very, very hard for like 80 pitches and they'll go to the bullpen. Maybe that's not the answer. Throwing it out there. So we'll have to see how that one plays out. Uh, next up here, Ozzy Alves on Monday went on the IL with a hamstring injury after a lock, of course, after their game ended on Monday, to top it off. Uh, Nicky Lopez started on Tuesday at second base. Von Grissom got called up on Tuesday. Nicky Lopez has played a couple good games in his time with the Braves after he got traded from Kansas City, where he's basically lost into oblivion in that one. And then Von Grissom's coming back up where, you know, everyone's just praying for another chance of Vaughn. but uh, we'll see how that pans out. What's your interest in a guy like Von Grissom come this Sunday?
5: <sighs> I'm not doing it. I'm just not. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll go. I. I would. I'll put it in a bid. But it's one of those things where I doubt I'll be aggressive enough to get them. I just, and also, I guess what's nice is we get a nice long look at how the, how the Braves, the Braves are going to handle this. And you mentioned, I think it might
4: be a platoon. That's the crazy. You,
5: I remember you mentioning that. I don't, I don't know. I could see it. It depends on how, because Atlanta's already shown with Arcia that they prefer the glove. Arcia's back came to play. So that kind of put the rest of the whole offensive defense thing. But Lopez is a glove. We know that's the thing about the Royals that, that Lopez kind of stood out as an offense, as a defensive plus and then the offense was like good for one half a season so we know what lopez is i wouldn't get too excited i wouldn't bother with him but if he's on shark side platoon on the best one of the best offenses if not the best offense in the league you want a piece of that He had he's fine but he's not a guy that even in that offense don't want really a piece of to be honest but at the end of the day you got we'll have a good look at how this turns out and if I had to guess, I think Grissom's going to get more involved, but maybe they value the defense knowing that the offense can carry Lopez's glove glove more than likely. And you give that you're getting an elite up the middle defense between Lopez and Arcia. I have to go look at Lopez's numbers. I just know he's been good with the, in the glove with the glove in the past, so I, I can't speak to this year in particular. But I, I'm assuming that his glove is still going to be playing up, and the Braves are going to want that elite defense. To these guys, you have guys like um Freed and other and Elder that can probably get you know rely more on ground balls, more on contact, and not and then maybe even more and it kind of just gives you that little bit of cushion for your guys and real life baseball matters more than fantasy for these teams so and we've seen they they've not been eager to call Grissom up this whole year why would they suddenly just because they have a spot for him to be a part of this team also does the triple a season it ends soon doesn't it uh usually not until sometime in september is it the, so okay so
4: yeah. maybe I'm just maybe some so, other leagues you got a little ways to go but Grissom since he went back to the minors on may 7th he's hitting 321 30 doubles, two triples and five homers, nine stolen bases. So he's not a lot of home run power, but extra base power. Gives him an 888 OPS since he's been there. I think more impressively, at almost a 12% walk rate and a 15% strikeout rate. So not a lot of swing and miss in that bad. I know I've seen guys like Clegg and others talk about the contact skills keep improving for Von Grissom. So I think a lot of it is not even maybe the lefty-righty platoon It comes down to what you're talking about. Do they cherish the defense up the middle? That's one reason why they picked Orlando Garcia over Von Grissom early on is they wanted that defense up the middle. Now do they want the the double play combo when you can already plan on Acuna and Olsen and and Riley and others just dropping bombs all game? You 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 can take the discount on these other guys. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm with you there. That's,
5: that's what then, you, it's, you're just watching and reacting to what the Braves do. The good thing is, again, for NFBC and if you're in the league. daily leagues, grab him just for upside because we know. Remember, he was drafted. He was like a top 150, 200 player when he, in yeah. draft season. The skills, the skills are legit. It's just a matter so, of it working out. I would just think it's just, is the playing time going to be there consistently? I don't know. It could be a platoon, it could be a part-time role like he could be more of like that utility guy who's gonna play two to three games a week for, to rest to rest the other guys but this is also a team if you notice the the, the braves don't rest their players <laughs> like they can, like if you look at their starters like i don't think acuna's missed the game this year i don't think harris has missed a game this year and uh, harris might be the biggest winner here because harris is batting second tonight yeah after after uh well, with Ozzy. And, and
4: what i want to say is we're doing all this discussion and it could be valid it's also like you said it's Tuesday. We'll have to in daily moves you make your moves now. Um, but like NFBC after Sunday, for all we know, this could be a minor deal for Albies and he's back middle of the next week, and it's none of this matters at all. Yeah. Like they, they <laughs> all haven't said nothing. the severity of this at all. Like he he left with a hamstring injury on Sunday. They didn't even put him on the IL till after the game on Monday. So they were still kind of reevaluating them thinking, Okay, should we rush like that makes me think, could we wait like four days and bring him back, or should we just like sit him for ten and then and then bring him back? Um, or it, it's really bad. Like they haven't said anything to let us know the extent of the injury. So that's another factor to to all of this is we're getting all hyped up on you know who's the next guy and in reality aussie might not be out as long as maybe needed to make it a factor type situation. So we'll see. All we'll right. See. Uh next up here, we're not gonna dig into the legalities and the potentially disgustingness of Wander Franco. What I want to ask you about is as Levius, I, I probably butchered that Basabe has been starting in place of uh, Franco since he's been out. And he has a, a pretty interesting prospect uh, you are in A this season. Um, so far in A he was hitting two four homers, 16 steals. Uh, last year, between two levels, he had 21 steals. He's pretty much been like a 15 to 20 steal guy, a little bit of power, good contact skills, it looks like. Does someone like him interest you if you need some middle infield help? I also mentioned there's like Leover, Piguero. He homered again tonight for Pittsburgh. He's been playing really well. I've actually documented him in some articles and podcasts lately. Um, basically, I wanted to highlight some middle infield options. So maybe you lost Albie's, maybe you you lost Franco. Whatever it is, well, are these some of the options you might be looking to to replace them?
5: Well, yeah, and um, I just w- I want to see what they end up doing with Basabe. I think he's gonna play most days, but I who it's the Rays how far I don't know how far out Tyler Walls is what Walls playing this I know I, I don't care Walls Wall shouldn't factor he wasn't Should, good yeah you're right but you just the race seem to always throw him back in there I just don't know how far out he is it's just a name that came to mind but uh uh Figueroa you mentioned i like him he's very intriguing because there is swing and miss in that game i know the strikeouts have been there every, every week he pops up and he's on my waterfalls in, in in 15s and he's a guy that just i never land and not probably should have obviously a homer i'd be very happy that homer right now but uh he's a guy that and he's batting fifth tonight. so he's moving up the order and um i i like a oh, six sorry sixth tonight so but at the end of the day i do think he's a solid because he has a little power a little speed there's some swing and miss but you're chasing the hot streak right now and you're chasing the playing time and he has it the other name, uh, Jordan Diaz, guy that I, I, in 15s I picked him up a couple days ago. He's been okay – a couple weeks ago. He's been okay, oh, he's not, not cool. great. But I think it's the power-up side, and, he's back, and you have play appearances. You have, po- have power-up side because if you look at his metrics, it's like 111 max EV, really strong hard hit rate numbers. It's just the ballpark doesn't help him. But middle lineups, uh, so he has the RBI opportunities, even on a bad team, and he's playing every day. So if you're looking for play appearances, a little bit of pop, um, Jordan Diaz is there. And sometimes you have to look at these bad teams to get the good playing time. Uh Just those those are a couple names that come to mind. Maybe Ezekiel uh, Duran. He's I know he's floating around. I don't know how. I don't know if he's coming Michael, around. Michael Massey, maybe. I well, it, I see. I, I also I'm really it, bad
4: at this because it's I start 15s thinking. Fifteens he's taken and twelve like Because like, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about him like this past week in OC. He was added in forty leagues, so he's probably out there in a lot of like Yahoo leagues
5: and stuff. See, right. that's why I'm, I'm that's where I have a hard time. I struggle understanding what size league I need to really be paying attention to. You know what I mean? Like with this, so. Well, here's a Uh-oh. deep
4: guy for you. Here's a deep guy to maybe monitor the rest of the week. Like when you do your your um, lineup outlooks and stuff later this week, it might just be complete fool's gold because look at his overall stat line; is he's horrible. But Jonathan Arauz, Arauz, arise, A R A U Z, Arauz, A-R-A-U-Z A-R-U-Z, A-R-U-Z. 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 Um, yeah, for them, the for New Mets. York Mets, he is hoping for the second straight game. He's played now in like four of the last five. He's starting to play almost regularly for the Mets, and so that's like you mentioned, bad teams like. When you look at um his uh, minor league numbers this season, why are they not showing up on the um, let's do it the old fashioned way here? Uh his minor league number is 244, 14 homers and two steals. So there's a little bit of pop in that bat. That could be another dude, maybe in deeper, deeper formats. If we watch the rest of the week, he keeps playing every day. Maybe. I don't know, just throwing it out there.
5: Didn't they just send him back down just to bring him back up? Like that's all I after and, like, they sent they just sent I remember they sent him back down. They sent Brett Beatty down, which is I know they really sent Brett Beatty down. I think, but they um, sent him down and brought him back up. It was a weird. Nah, it doesn't he's,
4: matter. He's been. A, oh, that's the minor league numbers. Uh, yeah, he he went down. He basically came back up August second. Then he went down for a couple of days and he's back up. But he has that's his first <laughs> time. It's his first time this year. He's been up. Started in August.
5: So yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He he came he came out. He played the second, third. I think he went down for a couple of days. Came back up the seventh, eighth, ninth, and ever yeah, since then yeah. he's kind of been playing every day. He's, he's picked at the bottom of the order, but he's playing every day and. It's yeah, a fifteen-team name. Oh, That's what I was thinking. He put him for a dollar. Like uh, Monasterio, is that the name? Say I name? like
4: Monasterio a lot for for Milwaukee. He's I just think of really Rey really Mysterio <laughs> every good. time. Mysterio, much better than his son Dom. Yes. Show
5: yeah, me. I can't. Uh, well, I see. I'm not, I'm not the wrestling guy I once was. I do follow a, l- a little bit, but yes, uh, Ray Mysterio is the name that comes to mind. He's my favorite wrestler. Kid. Him and uh, I loved Goldberg, and of course, who didn't love Stone Cold, right?
4: Yeah, Stone Cold. He's like the legend of our era. Yeah, Monasterio's been playing good three homers, five steals, hitting 288. It's more playing so just every a day.
5: solid. Yeah, he's playing every day and hits for some average, and he's and zero. Massive positional
4: push. flexibility,
5: too. Very like he's he's what
4: everyone wanted Luis Urias for Milwaukee to be. He's doing it now. I mean, that's high
5: praise, minus that.
4: Well, and uh, speaking of Luis Urias, I'm going to bring this up. I'm not the biggest Luis Urias fan, but he's been playing pretty much every day for Boston. That might be slowing down with Trevor Story coming back. I'll say that much. But, yeah, he played on the 13th, 12th, 10th. He's playing close to every day, playing second base or third base. Um, So keep an eye on that with Story coming back. That might slow down, but he's another guy potentially deep, deep leagues. So You
5: you said – Oh, you're saying you're because uh, I thought it was Urias. It's Urias. Uh, I, maybe it's maybe it's Urias. It's I'm Julio, hearing well,
4: Julio Urias, and then um you said Luis Urias. L- yeah, Luis. You, you messed those two say, up. I always say Luis Urias. Maybe it's Luis Urias. Sorry,
5: that's what I'm saying. You're okay. You're mixing the two names because you said Urias. I'm like Marlins. We got like what? <laughs> okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We can move on from that. It's just like my, yeah. I, hate my I just
4: wanted to throw some some middle infield options out there because it's yeah. getting dark days of summer these days and. um there's going to be more injuries and more just craziness coming down the pipeline that it won't. My point would be, it's not just Vaughn Grissom that's on the docket this week to keep an eye on G man. Choi. This is a fun one because anybody like, you know, yourself, myself and others that do fab work and everything, we're like, Sweet. Padres face seven righties this week. This is a chance. Cause we talked about when the trade happened, curling, we love Cooper, but it's a platoon now. It's a strict platoon. Well now Choi, you know, everyone adds him this week because of the matchups. Choi goes on the IL on Monday cooper goes deep on monday um based on the severity of Choi's injury are you back in on cooper now getting a regular at bats for san diego
5: i don't know i every time i think i figure out san diego that they get into these weird platoons this year and i think cooper should get regular run that's there's no reason why he shouldn't he did get a start against a righty last night and Let's see. He's in today as well against a Variety, so you got to think that it's his spot to lose. Now it's at the bottom of the lineup, even though it's a better lineup than Miami. It's still not better to be batting in the bottom two spots instead of the top two or top four he was in Miami. So, I'm not back in just from a, a standpoint of like obviously you want these play appearances and there's some there's some upside there. Uh, 15 team corner infield spot if you need uh, a guy that's just going to get play and won't be a zero and has some power, sure. Cooper has value, but I don't think he's anything more than a 15-team viable type of option right now. Yep,
4: that's probably pretty fair. Uh, that's about all the news and notes I got. Like I guess there's a bunch of kind of minor injuries floating around and, and things to monitor. Like uh Boba supposed to come back this week and he started his rehab on Tuesday night. Uh, Ryan Nota started rehab Tuesday night. Mason Miller threw 35 pitches. Tanner Houck is returning on Monday. For they'll keep track at home if you have him in fab. Um, those are some of the minor ones. I got a ton of them. Listen to the first pitch podcast. I talk about it every freaking morning, so you'll have a lot of stuff there. Um, Kerlin, let's talk some fab. Like I, don't, I wanted to spend some time on some of these names because in other formats, some of these guys might be available, and it's pretty intriguing. Um, we're pretty much going to skip over the top guy. He was adding 191 in FBCOC leagues, and that's Trevor's Story because he wasn't drafted in most leagues, so it was the first time you could add him. That's a pretty simple add. Now what I want to ask you, your boy, Royce Lewis was picked up in 92 leagues, as high as 41, as low as a dollar. I know you've been very excited to see him coming back. He had at least an RBI single on Tuesday night, if not more. He was hitting third. They put him right back, right into the middle of the lineup. And good old Willie Castro went for the I.O. with an oblique injury. So the spot is Royce's to enjoy. What are you thinking about Royce Lewis? Because I've had other people in like Yahoo formats ask, should I add Royce Lewis instead of so-and-so? So it is a question that's out there. Well, if
5: Forrest Lewis is out there, I feel like just like before when he was a must add, it turns right back into that he's a must add guy. He, there's the skills are still the skills that were there before. He, I'm looking at his stat line tonight. He's one for three with a run in RBI. He's going to, and if he's going to be batting third, remember, he was batting like sixth, fifth on a good day. They put him, they started him off batting third day one. That gives me optimism that he might be in for a better lineup spot down the stretch on a team that's been playing better as well for the most part. I really like the idea of Royce Lewis, even if he bats fifth. Say, because um, I know what's his face is out right now too. Well, there is no, there's no um, Buxton. At there's Byron no Boston's out. Yep. There's no uh, uh, Julian. Julian's out as well. So what's Lewis, he is, out? what's he out with? I, I, saw his, I saw him day to day. I didn't see why. I saw his day-to-day. I'm catching Excellent. up. I'll am I'm. I'm. I'm I'll, I'll be the first to admit, this is the first time in a while that I'm like a day or two behind on my usual news and updates because I've just been busy. Life happened. You know, this just does. But um, it's one of those things where it's like, I saw his day-to-day, and I didn't exactly click on the why yet. So I'll get to that. But at the end of the day, Royce Lewis, I don't know if he's batting third sticks. But I do know it's going to be there for at least a few days, but he'll be a top five bat. And six at worst with a with a when lineup's full, but I think he's more of a fifth at worst guy right now, given their current lineup. At the end of the day, though, um, just to reiterate, Royce Lewis is probably a must add in just about any format. I don't want to say 10 teamers, but twelves are deeper for sure. Yeah, for sure there. Um all I'm seeing is Julian's just getting day off. Oh, I saw unless, a day-to-day tag on N F C. Um,
4: yeah, maybe I'm wrong here because I did not see any injuries unless it happened today. But uh, I dropped him in some formats this past week. So, well, he's he's kind of been in a bit of a slump of late, is what we'll, we'll call it. After yeah, that hot streak? Yeah, after that really, really hot streak. Shocker came back down to earth. So I uh, I did some dropping of Edward Julian this past week. We'll see how that one pans out. It says
5: hamstring day to day. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, it goes. It, goes so. hand, it just happens to be with on the heels of a 1-for-16 slump. So yeah. either maybe he's playing through injury or it's just an excuse to give him a few days off. Bingo. You never uh, know. Next up, Cole Reagans added an 88
4: leagues as high as 81, as low as a dollar. He had the two-step last week where it got a little ugly against St. Louis. We still had the 5Ks. He's been outstanding in the month of August, though. You know, five total runs over about seven, almost 18 innings and 24 strikeouts. Uh, The pitch mix change has been pretty darn good. I'm a fan of Cole Reagans because I'm a guy that likes pitchers that strike dudes out. So what's your thoughts on Cole Reagans? Because I have a fair share of him.
5: Yeah, I Think that it, even in the outing, he still had like a 31% CSW, I think. So it, was, it wasn't yeah, was even still, like... He was still looking good. It wasn't an awful... It was just one of those things where he wasn't going to be the pitcher he was the first few starts. You know, the league's going to adapt. He's going to have to readapt. At the end of the day, I still feel pretty strongly he's going to be a very usable piece down the stretch. The team's going to lack uh win potential. It's, it's the Royals. But at the end of the day, Reagan's just shown... capabilities of being a very solid pitcher for fantasy and in general i think you still i think maybe just don't get your hopes up in terms of him being an every week starter view him in the lens of he's a bench streamer and you're starting on more weeks than not probably down the stretch as long as it's not like the braves or a very tough matchup maybe look at maybe maybe start looking into all right this team on paper looks good but let's see what they've been up to the last few weeks maybe the last month as a team oh this team's been crushing righties let me maybe sit reagan's like he's not a auto start you know that's where i think people get so caught up in like the recent trends and someone running super hot that sometimes he was i honestly think he was a must start until it cooled down now that he's hit that one bump maybe you give him one more chance if he and he has another bad start then you start thinking bumping back down to that okay he's a team streamer guy but i still think you give him one more shot regardless of matchup and you kind of reassess from there. Kind of, it's a start to start thing with him. The rest of the way, there's no must start status for Regan's, but he's close. He's close to a guy that you're starting in most situations. Again, to, uh, to, to just remember, league like, it's league context yeah. too. But to be fair,
4: and to, to echo what you're saying for listeners out there, we're at the time of the year where we're picking up guys that weren't starters to start the season for the most part for a reason. So they should all be start-to-start dependent pitchers. Like, you're rarely, rarely, once in a while you will, rarely are going to find a pitcher on the waiver right right now We're just going to lock him in. Like Steven Matz, out for the season. He became a locked-in guy. That ain't going to happen. You're going to replace him with Matthew Levitore. Probably not going to lock him in every time out. Just throwing it out there. Question for you, Curlin. It was in the um, Game of the Edge Discord earlier, and I'll, I'll kind of bring it up here because I'll, I'll use it to bounce off of different players we talk about. Christian Javier has been a shell of himself of late. Just been an absolute disaster of late. What are you doing with a guy like Christian Javier? Because I told them in the chat in 12s and below, I could see dropping him. For now, I'm kind of spot-starting him, but he's not a must-start for me. In 15s, you're probably holding, I'm guessing. But how are you breaking down a guy like Christian Javier?
5: Well, at this point, you mentioned that he's not a must-start, right? Javier, he's deserving of everything he's pretty much had in terms of, like, if you look at the underlying metrics – He's like a mid to upper fours ERA guy, and his ERA is four point three six. So technically, he's getting a little lucky. Even strikeouts haven't been there. Uh, the velo's been fine. It's so it's not like a velocity issue. It's not like a walks issue. He's not striking out as many people. I don't know what's going on with Javier in terms of. I think it's one of those things where it might just be a lost year. And next year, you could buy you could buy low on, on draft day and maybe uh, catch up there because it's weird because he's not getting you know he's getting the same chases as last year, but this year the part of the issue is he's not getting those swinging strikes. And I would have to dive more into the individual pitch mix. Maybe there's a change in, like, maybe movements on the pitches. And this is where my head goes of, like, how to figure out what happened. But we figuring out what happened now is not understanding that, like, he's going to he, – it doesn't just mean he's going to fix it, you know, the next month and a half or whatever. So he is – I would like to keep him as a bench streamer because in most formats, it's hard to find somebody with that type of upside on your bench. But, like you mentioned, shallower 12s and 10s, he's probably droppable. I still would not try to try not to, but I understand doing it because he's not really someone you could start in a given day. But ultimately I would look at the remaining schedule. Cause I don't have it in front of me. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I do. But um, if I would look at his remaining schedule, look at all his starts and decide how many of those starts are you going to start him for? And if it's like, well, he has like seven starts left. You're starting him for six of them. Like solid. He has six solid matchups. All right, cool. You're holding them. If he has three matchups. And like you're not sure about the rest, maybe you say screw it, I'm dropping him because I'm well, I'm really gonna hold on to this guy for three matchups. Now, if now you don't drop him if there's you don't drop Javier if there's nothing on the waiver wire. If the waiver wire is bare, like a 15 teamer, you're not dropping him because he has bad matchups. You're just gonna you should probably just go back to uh then you should probably hold him for those three matchups because you're not gonna find anything better. If you don't want Jake Irvin for like five of his, you know what I mean? Like it's I'm sorry, but that's, those are the names that are available. If you're lucky right now, you're yep. getting Jake Irvin off the waiver wire, and I love Jake Irvin. I think he's very solid at times, and he's been pretty good in second half overall but it's one of those things where and by pretty good i mean 15 team standards nothing yeah. not good otherwise but uh, it's one of those things where that's the name you, so you have to know your. just remember league con league context league type league context really matters uh format all that so but at the end of the day you, i think your analysis is correct in terms of shallow formats if there's stuff on the bench like stuff on the way where you could just stream why not Go. I would, at the very least, look at every remaining start uh, expected start rest of season. Get a list of those teams, see how they're performing, and just really look at it. How many of those are you? How many of those starts are you making? How many of those starts are you starting them for? And if it's like less than half, probably a drop. More than half, probably a hold.
4: All right. So then, to have some fun with this, um, and I'll probably bring this up for the next handful of topics here. Would you rather have Cole
5: Reagans or Christian Javier? Not knowing their schedules, of course i'm probably gonna go javier uh, unless i'm chasing ratios i guess because again i don't trust javier for the ratios at least i trust i do I trust I, even the strikeout i don't know i, try, I guess if i'm chasing wins on javier if I'm chasing strikeouts and ratios i, I which think is i want weird. reagan's yeah. i think i want reagan's i want reagan's for i want reagan's for the non-wins but if you need wins yeah. you gotta stick with javier because you're not getting wins with reagan's it's true it's true
4: All right, you mentioned not starting guys against good offenses. Well, this one next guy, Emerson Hancock, was added in 87 leagues, as high as 156, as low as a dollar. He gave up five runs over five innings with one whole strikeout against Kansas City Royals on Tuesday night. In his debut against the Padres, five innings, one run, three strikeouts. A lot of pitch contact with Emerson Hancock. We saw that in the minors as well. But um, very popular name because he is a top, quote-unquote, top prospect. So people wanted to roster him this week. Uh, I know you got him on the cheap. You weren't overly in. I don't believe I'll have to check. I might have got one share now I think about it. Again, on the cheap. But um, I'm not overly excited about Hancock. It was more of a volume play for me this week. How are you looking at Emerson Hancock?
5: I In 15, again, it goes back to your league type. In 12s, I see him as a... Same as I honestly see him similarly in 12s, 15s. 15s. he just provided some upside compared to what was available. And the guy that was definitely worth streaming this week. I know the Houston matchup was scary. The KC one looked good for a four out of five innings. So it wasn't like he was cruising for a little bit there. the one strikeout wasn't good, but like you're like right now, he's cru- he's still in route, he's still in route to get a win. So if you were chasing wins, if you're chasing ratios, ratios were good that's up why until Kerlin. End.
4: that's why Kerlin's perked up he's about to get his win all of a sudden uh, well he's i hope again. so <laughs> I, well i'm
5: not really happy because i really need the ratio I actually need the ratios more than I need the wins right now but my team's actually been I, after i was complaining about not getting any wins i started getting wins that my ratios but it was weird my ratios went in the tank by starting more wins it doesn't matter it's a it's it's fantasy baseball is wonderful isn't it, it makes it, it makes is. so much sense all this work and effort and it just nothing goes as you plan anyway uh, but yeah, so Hancock's one of those guys where in 15s, he was definitely one of the best things available on the waiver wire because Reagan's was gone and all the other guys are gone. But uh, in 12s, he's more – he's still that guy like he's not a must-keep guy. You get him for this week, see how he does against these two guys. And if he sucks against Houston now, then you go ahead and just – I honestly wouldn't have a problem moving him all, and I would view him more as a streamer in 12s. In 15s, like I have – like as a guy with who has won a 15-teamer, even if he struggles against Houston, I'm more so likely to plant him on my bench just to see where it goes because – you don't want to overreact to early starts from a rookie because for every, I mean, I know Wu is a really tough example to repeat, but same team, same idea, lesser of a prospect from my understanding too. Was Wu had that, you know, had that bad outing? Well, to Wu, Wu and- was
4: drafted last year. He came up real quick.
5: But Wu was also came up. Well, what I'm getting at with Wu is he came up and he struggled. His first outing yeah, was really, was, was, was really cheap and then dominated and looked really good. And people looked really foolish. And that's kind of what I had th- thought of with Emerson Hancock. Cause I know Hancock was a, he's a top pro- he's one of their top better prospects. I th- I'm not, again, I'm not sure if he was ranked better than woo I thought he was, but then the day, even if he wasn't, I think it's a very similar prospect uh, pro- uh ranking between the two. And, I don't want to just give up on that based on a couple tough starts to begin the year. If I can, like I said, in twelves I'm more likely to move on, but in 15s, I would hold and try to make them way and just see where it goes and give them another chance next week. And because you have to have a you have to have a bit of a quick you know trigger finger right now. I get that, mm-hmm. but you know I don't, I still think I'm going to again on my bench. I'm willing, if I can if I can afford the bench spot, I would like to keep them on my bench for one more week. It, the, unless he absolutely gets obliterated by Houston, maybe you think twice. But it's Houston. I'm expecting Houston to completely decimate him and I'm gonna. Cry the whole night away while while it's happening.
4: Yeah, I'm looking at his Samont page from tonight. 76 pitches, six total whiffs, and a 21% CSW. That's that's not leaving me warm. What's the zone percent? Zone percent overall 57%. 72% with his fastball slider, 39 sinker, 61 changeup, 25. So he's trying to paint. Is what it sounds like.
5: Um, I'm wondering if he needs to maybe. Drop a pitch. Up the well, a lot the of the similarities
4: to Hancock, and if, it, it kind of makes a little bit of sense if he had a little more of a strikeout upside, which he still might. Like He had a 26% K rate in the minors, so he had strikeouts. But um, people compared him more to George Kirby than Logan Gilbert, if that makes sense, or Kirby's more of a pitcher that kind of eats mm-hmm. up innings, decent ratios, and every now and then has a big strikeout game, where Gilbert's more like, I'm going to try to power it by you, and I might get blown up in the process. Um, and I kind of see that with, with Hancock, honestly. Uh, it, that could be something there. So maybe yeah, you could be right about the woo thing. And a couple bad, you know, get your feet wet starts, and then we find something. We'll see, but uh, um, yeah, it's tough to I see. I just, uh,
5: I just looked at his, uh, his p- plot, his pitch plot. And man, I guess I can share my screen. Why not, right? I haven't. We, yeah. we're, it's a sh- it's a show. People could do. you and you and you and Bloom do this all the time. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Not if, fancy. if you're not
4: listening via podcast, it is on the YouTube, so you can
5: come check stuff out. I'm gonna oh, if um, I can
4: if I can learn how to do this. share screen. Sorry, it's yeah. on the
5: fly. I wasn't exactly planning this one. But this um, is the fun
4: stuff. We have with no questions, really. We have we have time to break things down and uh, have some fun here. So here's what Kurtlin's looking at. So the screen.
5: pitch plot. I just picked it up for Emerson Hancock. I picked, and if you just look, I feel like there's a lot. He just way too much it wasn't around the edges enough look at the inside of the zone it's just and those are all in the red dots for those looking those are all four seamers the the orange are the sinkers and he's just pounding middle middle that's probably why he got crushed tonight he yeah. can't when you're throwing 90 91 i think that's what he was throwing was like 90 91 tonight yeah. and you can't throw them down the middle and yeah he's looking at yeah, he, max of 94 but averaging 91 92 the sinker, same actually middle, a lower min, but around the same average velocity. So, at the end of the day, if you're sitting about 91 92, I don't care who you are, you have to you're hit not, your spots. You're not going to fool a big league hitter at all. Like, you have to he's hit your not spots. have a chance, yeah. So, yeah that's, you know. all, that's what I was getting at. That's why I was like, I, I wanted to see, okay, because he's more of a pitcher, right? Because he throws the four yep. pitches, and you can't be, he has to be more of a pitcher. Well, if you if you're more of a pitcher, you can't miss your spots and sit middle, middle, or even mi- or middle up or middle middle anywhere. You have to hit the outside of the zones, live on the edges, live in the dirt, whatever you have to do. You don't put the ball in the zone that much or make it so hittable. You got to be better at hitting your spots. And Hancock was not tonight, and that could be an issue. And maybe he's a guy that struggles at the end of the year, and he's a cheap draft guy next year. So it's one of those guys. Yeah. Like don't give up on these guys. That's another thing. Like, these no, rookies, no, not at all. But I think people just, like, if they're going to be afterthoughts, and then come February, everyone's going to be talking them up, and it's like, do you, do you not remember we talked about this in September? <laughs> or, or, or August, even? We're talking about this in August because we know how it's going to turn out. We're going to sit there and be like, yeah, just don't forget about all these guys the next year, and then people are going to forget about them. We're going to be talking about them in November, December, and then every major news outlet will be talking about them in January, February, and people don't realize that we've been, yeah, you know how it works. <laughs> <Yep>. what, <laughs> anyway. One word.
4: One word answer, the person's last name. Would you rather have Hancock or Javier?
5: Javier.
4: Okay. Next up on this one, this might be a little funner when we get to the Hank or the uh, Javier question at the end. Chase Silseth added oh, an 86 Silseth leagues. Silseth over Javier. Yeah, it's that's right. This one, <laughs> we finally got one here. Uh, Silseth added an 86 leagues, as high as 81, as low as a dollar. He has been out. He's forced the hand of the Angels, to be honest. He has um, 19, 29, 41 Ks in his last four starts. Uh, he's allowed. Four total runs over those four starts, which has been about 23 innings of work. He's been ridiculous, Kerlin. So what's your thoughts on Sil Seth? Because I obviously wish I had him a couple weeks ago, but I tried to grab him everywhere I could this week.
3: Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
6: There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed.
5: Oh, my God. What a rookie mistake. Uh, I wish I wasn't. Uh, like, I was out on him because I didn't trust the I, I didn't trust the skills. I didn't trust the angels. I didn't trust the rotation spot with the that's, angels. That's what killed that, me. It, I, I should have trusted. I literally I saw,
4: tweeted it out. I tweeted it out. I said, what's it going to take for the angels to get rid of either Anderson or Detmers to put him in this rotation?
5: And that's what aggravated me. So I didn't trust the angels to do the right thing. And I should have bet on the skills. Um, I remember he's looked fantastic. There's no two ways about it. He's been really rock solid. He's sitting you know, he's pitching, he's doing the secondaries more. He uh he's just been so filthy. And there's no reason not to buy into what he's showing us. And although you know teams will adapt, he is giving up a lot of hard, again before last start anyway. Was giving he's been giving up plenty of barrels, play of hard hits. So it's one of those things where when the play when players are making contact, they're hitting the ball hard and they're squaring it up. It's just they're not making a lot of contact. He was sport, he's sporting an elite K-minus walk rate over the last like Few starts, last four starts at this point. Now, ERA north south of two, it's been stupid. More splitters and sliders, less sinkers. That was kind of the big change we saw in those last four starts. Um, ultimately, still set. There's a lot to like here, a lot to believe in, and a guy that's going to be on. He's gonna be next year's Tristan McKenzie, basically, at this point. I think that's the comp, not from skill set, but in terms of like guy who everyone's gonna be high on, who's gonna go like top 20. And there's gonna be so, it's gonna be based off of a small sample, blah, blah blah. But I think that's the kind of thing he's going towards that track you know what i mean that makes sense um yeah canning came back from the il he threw out of the bullpen
4: on monday uh detmers is pitching on wednesday while otani takes a turn in the rotation off and then there's rumors that detmers is the one that's going to be out of luck here pretty soon so we'll see how that plays out basically detmers is pitching for his job on wednesday let's let's put it that way so we'll see how that plays out but the when the the angels said that it basically said they trust silseth a lot which made me very happy as a fantasy manager out there all right. Next up is another good fun one. Cabrian Hayes added in the 85 leagues as high as 63, as low as a dollar. He's been battling back issues all year, so that's been scary even now. But um coming into tonight, he came back on August 2nd, hitting 286, six extra base hits, three of them being home runs, striking out less than 18% of the time. Went two for six on Tuesday night. Um the power, like the three home runs actually is kind of a surprise, but overall the power is not what you want from a guy like Cabrian Hayes. But he's hitting for average, putting together some really good you know plate appearances, Curlin. So, what's your thoughts on him going forward? Now they are back injuries, so that could pop up at any moment and ruin all of this. But right now, he's been very, very productive, and he's out there on a lot of waiver wires, at least in different formats.
5: I'm not gonna lie to you; act like I know which name we're talking about. The Brian Hayes, <laughs> Brian Hayes. Oh my god, It's uh, mine For some reason, I went to If You said back injury, my brain went Makada. Yeah, no, he's um, not worth talking about. Well, hey, he's been good lately. Don't you sleep on the last seven okay, days? You, you, you go, Adam, and then don't I'm text not. me. Don't text me when you're complaining. He's zero for twelve for the week. Oh, that's going to happen. That's why. But Hayes, I just remember Hayes. The whole thing about Hayes was like, oh, look, he put on some weight. Oh, look, with the idea of putting, putting power, trying to do power, blah, blah, blah. And then now he's kind of showing it-ish. But he's just, I don't trust the health. Team context doesn't do him any favors either, but it's aggravating. Um, I'm tired. I'm sorry, about. That. I feel really crappy about like the, hey, well, who was that? This is like the second time I've done that on your show. Maybe third. I do it too often. Either way i'm, I'm super professional i don't get paid enough to do this i don't get paid at all to do this uh, yeah. 891 ops over the last 14 days 310 i so uh hayes has been stupid hot right now um you ride it and you hope that because this is what he was supposed to be like, people that were drafting him were expecting hayes to take the step because he entered spring he was one of those oh bishop my life spring training put on 10 pounds of muscle was elevating the ball more in spring and just couldn't stay healthy which is typical brian hayes uh for top prospect pedigree so the guy has the skills to do it the playing time is there you ride it but i don't know how much you can buy into it just because i don't i'm not saying this he can't be this guy i just don't know if i could trust him to stay healthy out of his yeah. 12 hits or in his 12 hits the last um in the last 14 days which is over 11 games six of them have been extra base hits that's yeah, he's, that's he's impressive playing
4: well he's playing really well very well uh, i wrote him up over the weekend talked about him on, on a couple shows this week and uh i was pleasantly surprised of how well he's been doing. But like you said, I'm just worried. I, I, you write it out. You write it out for Knox. there's probably not many better options out there at third base, maybe even corner infield right now. But just be prepared. As someone that struggles with back injuries, this could be something that pops up yet again with Cabrian Hayes. Let's go back to the mound here. Zach Lytle picked up in 70 leagues, as high as $28, as low as a buck. He has entered the Rays rotation with their slew of injuries. We kind of mentioned him earlier in the show. Um, he started in four of his last five outings. So since the all-star break, Mr. Lytle has made four appearances. He's pitching on Tuesday. As we speak, three shutout innings with a K so far, but in the four outings before, or five outings before five outings, four starts before tonight, two, four, two ERA, 17 Ks and 22 innings. Um, what's your thoughts on Lytle? Cause they've got him to go five innings or more in three straight six innings and back to back starts.
5: That's Zach Lytle we're talking about. Yeah, no, I heard Lytle. Um, I just don't know what to expect because I guess one of the things it goes back to the Rays, like you trust the Rays with these guys. I heard Zach Lytle by the way. That was funny because you thought it was my intention. And that's fair. <laughs> and that's fair because I, I did miss I did lose the other name on the last one. But uh, Lytle is just a guy that I don't I don't know what to think anymore. Because I, I like obviously it's the Rays. I trust them. I really do trust them with pitchers. But at the end of the day. I think you just write it. You have to write it out with the Rays, obviously, but at the, I don't know. I don't want to buy in because the Rays do know how to make nothing out of something or something out of nothing. <laughs> wrong one. Something they don't make something nothing. out of nothing. Cause nothing out of something. So nothing out of something's the opposite of what, yeah. uh, so like what you're seeing here, I'm more likely to buy. Sure. He's been lucky. Like over the last three starts, 2.65 ERA, but then you're looking at the um, 4.36 Sierra. So you're seeing that he's lucky. Uh, there's that's pretty much really all it is like he's getting rather lucky right now the ground ball rate 46 and a half percent really solid a decent chase rate 32.8 percent is good not great i think re- league average is like roughly 33 percent or 30 percent is right so it's, he's not he's re- pretty much he's either right at or just above or below league average so it's not bad but the swing strike rate's only 8.7 percent that's like that's about Five, like three four five percent below league average and you want that to be higher in order for the strikeouts to be there which are not going to be there right now he's uh giving up two uh let's tell Lytle. ever I, I can't Lytle's giving up a decent amount of hard contact right now but because of the going ball rate it's going to help keep it down i don't know i think he's running a little pure for my liking um i think the, and the strikeouts aren't there that kind of concerns me you chase like, right now like you ride with it but don't expect it to be sustainable and i mean houston was a good story you know five he gave up eight hits and only two run runs in that outing but like since then it's been detroit and st louis so like a couple decent matchups in st louis still got to him a little bit seven hits three run runs so you're seeing the in two of those starts he's given up at least seven hits and it's i don't know man i'm not i'm not too optimistic long term but doesn't matter what you think long-term with a guy like that. You're riding the wave. And right now, it's all about riding waves. You get your production, and you get get out. Pitch and ditch, as they say. Pitch and pitch ditch. And ditch. Uh, this could
4: be a quick one here. Jonah Heim picked up in 56 leagues as high as 117. Came back way ahead of schedule from this wrist injury. Sucks because I dropped him because of the initial results. He was my most rostered player in the NPC after drafts. Um, I did not get him back anywhere because I've been playing the roulette game at catcher and been happy with the production I've having. The two things I'll say, and I discussed this in our Discord as well, with the injury with Haim, they rushed him back very quick, and it's a it was a wrist injury that they were worried about tendon issues. So that concerns me as overall power production possibly coming back right away. Secondly, Mitch Garver is playing very, very well. And it feels like this could turn into one of those Atlanta Braves situations with Sean Murphy and Travis D'Arnaud with Jonah Haim and Mitch Garver. I could just be speaking completely out of my rear end. But if you had the option to pick up Jonah Haim this week, how are you approaching that? Because I saw some very smart people – that spent some pretty good capital this time of year to bring Jonah Heim to their rosters.
5: Yeah. I when I'm with you. I, I don't know if Heim can, I'm afraid of the health or lack thereof. I'm afraid that like this, they're talking about like he possibly needed surgery. Yeah. That would have been season ending. So we, you know, I dropped him in, in a league too. And Although I really like what he's done this year. I do believe that he could be even like if he takes off season surgery and is right by spring training, I would still rank him aggressively. Well, I'd, yeah, feet. I'd be way in on him next year for sure. If he's, as long as he's healthy entering the year, I think what we saw this year, a lot of it's pretty legitimate. He showed these skills last year and the shift, ate him up a bit. And now the shift and we're seeing just kind of the best of both worlds as a switch hitting a hit, uh, catcher, which is, you know, rare in its own right. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. I wouldn't be overly aggressive. i don't know if I trust the power to be there. He he, has, he was one for four today. I don't know, but I don't know what to expect, man. I, I have a hard time believing that he's going to be productive down the stretch. I think you have to add him in two catcher leagues for sure. Like, Or he should even be added in one catcher league. He should be a guy that you probably want to have and see where it goes. But I don't think I'm going to be overly aggressive to go after him with my bid bucks that, you know, if, if he is available in the league. Just because I. I just the risks are scary. How many times have we seen yeah. wrists have setbacks? How many times was, have we seen and, and it just zaps the power? Maybe he
4: becomes. Maybe he hits for like two fifty average. The power is what concerns me the most. Like, what's he going to pull off there?
5: And without the power, what is he exactly? He's he's still usable in two catcher leagues, but he's not the Jonah Heim that you know he's been. That's my concern that he won't be Jonah Heim of what you drafted him to be. Hundred percent with you on that one. Um, let's talk Kerry Carpenter. We talked
4: about him before in the show okay. as like as like a you know, streaming options. I know you've been on him a few times. He has picked up in 49 leagues, his highest 34 bucks, as low as a dollar over the last 10 games, heading into the Tuesday, hitting 459 with three doubles, four home runs, 10 runs scored and six RBIs. And what impressed me the most when I looked into him the other day, only struck out 10% of the time over that stretch. Like his, his plate skills are very good. 15% barrel rate. We've talked about his power on the season before. Like on the season, he's got 15 homers and a 282 average, no speed. So he's been productive when healthy. But um, people were pretty aggressive on him this week, probably for the matchups the Tigers had this week. But what's your thoughts on Kerry Carpenter? Because he's almost feeling like in 15s, he's almost uh, just an everyday roster, maybe not a starter, but at least on the bench, where 12s, you can probably stream him in and out and whatnot.
5: Uh, I'm looking at him as like he's plugged into my 15s for sure, as because like, yeah. five outfielder leagues, 15s. He's yeah. been a guy that like I wish I held on to him earlier in the year when I got him. I, got, I was chasing power. Got him, got a few home runs, and he got injured. So, of course, I dropped him. Like him and Jake Berger, guys, I wish I never let go because they, I, was, I was too busy. I was turning and burning. Those guys were streamers at the time. At a, time Carpenter, yeah. a Carpenter's an everyday guy now, batting in the middle of the order, even against lefties. He's faced four of the last five they faced, six of the seven overall they faced in the last 30 days. So, Carpenter isn't even platooning every day anymore like he used to be. So, the playing time is there. He's batting in the middle of the order. So, position is there. He's batting fourth last two games against righties, sixth of the last game against a lefty. So, he's batting fourth or sixth right now, respectively. So Carpenter has playing time. He has the 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 lineup spot, and if you look at the skills, a lot to like. He's 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 earning his skills. You have really you have above average hard hit rates. You have decent. Um, you know Woba and X. What if you look at the X stats? I'm not a big X stats guy, but they actually line up. They suggest he's a little lucky. I don't care about X stats, so they can they can kick rocks. But um, the thing about but like he's crushing fastballs and he's crushing off speed compared to last year where he couldn't touch off speed pitches. He still struggles in his breaking balls, so I could see breaking balls get thrown at him more often maybe moving forward as pitchers adapt. But he's absolutely crushing fastballs to a point where it's like he's kind of overperforming, and but he's actually hitting off speed rather well this year and seems to be working for Carpenter. So if you look at that, paired with the overall skill growth, you're seeing a cut down in swing strike rate for Carpenter, better than league average now. You're seeing a a career best zone contact rate nearing 90%, which is 90% like that elite range. He's at 88.9, and league average, for reference, is 85.5. So Carpenter's a guy who's making those strides, so the strikeout... Gains are overall in the year are there too. 21.7%, by far a career best at the major league level. A guy who only showed something like that in 2022 in triple A. And we were talking a 35-game sample. Otherwise, he's always been he he, he kind of showed issues with strikeouts before that, and even up till this point at the higher levels. So Carpenter could just finally began getting into his own because before all this, back in double A, his first taste. 20% strikeout rate in 2019 and A-ball, 16%. I was a very small sample. We get my point. He's, he wasn't always a strikeout guy. The strikeouts f- kind of hit him, and then seems like he could maybe he's taking a step forward and this is closer to the guy he is now. Do I think he's a two eight hitter? Probably not. 260 260 two 65 is something I could honestly expect more so going forward, but he's also a guy that's showing gains. Carpenter's a guy that's showing gains in approach while also being above average in terms of like the power production and potential, while also losing the shift being, you know, the whole shift being against him as a lefty. So he's got a lot going for him. He's also entering that prime age. He's 25 Carpenter. I, I'm buying a lot more than I'm not buying. Like, I think that there's, I think there's, I think there's a lot more legitimacy to this than anything. I think he's very much a start in 15s and even 12s right now. Just plug him in, especially if you need power. He's an everyday player with power. And I know I just gave a really in-depth breakdown on Carpenter right now. Uh, I knew I knew when he but, was on the list, I'm like, Curlin's gonna like this. This will get Curlin's spirits. So I like,
4: it's a good one for him. I love Carpenter. As, I know your thoughts on him, and it's true. Like he's very good, he's underappreciated. Like I said, I, he, I, like I, even any any player that's hitting two eighty two on the year with like 15, 16 homers, pretty darn good ball player. That like, that sounds like Garrett Cooper.
5: There. Sounds like Garrett Cooper. But the thing is but, is Carpenter. But, but Carpenter well Carpenter did that in seventy-five games. That's yes. Garrett Cooper's season. <laughs> true so, so this yeah. is a guy that this is a guy that has legitimate 30 home run power even in that ballpark that's the thing and he's doing he's pretty much everything you hoped special torgelson would be he's doing everything
4: everyone wanted mike yastrzemski to be yeah this is, this, this is what he's doing right he's now,
5: he's, so. he's this yeah because like when you but when you draft a torque that's why i use his yeah. teammate a guy with that, that type of power and yeah. upside this is what you drafted torque to be and he's kind of like he's doing what you wanted to, he's giving you that four category production that i didn't see the batting average being there but i always knew he was a Potential power for like 25, 25 plus in that park easy. And he's pacing out to be well above that. That's so why I was like, he's closer to a 30 home run guy right now. Um, sure. if, he, if he was healthy. But at the end of the day, that power is legitimate. It's a matter of, it's all about approach. And just same with torque. Torque has power. It's yep. the
4: approach. He's very streaky. Torque is the uh, the uh, burger of the Tigers. It very sucks because
5: I want to see these guys on good, like in
4: good ballparks. Good ballparks. That can be scary good. That's what could be fun. Uh, let's talk Matthew Liebertor. This is an interesting one. 47 leagues, as high as $21, as low as a buck. Eight shutout with 7Ks against the Rays. The Rays are scuffling in a big way. Prior to that, though, Libertor's been a disaster. Bullpen, minor leagues, anywhere you put them, it's been rough. I didn't even attempt a bid on him this week because I don't buy it. Maybe he proves me wrong. Maybe it's one of those like, hey, he's gone back and forth. He's learning. He figured something out finally because he is that prospect. But I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I don't know about you.
5: So this is his Got first... the A's on Wednesday, which helps. That, that was actually, I, so I did, I had him on a waterfall. He was my actual, I probably should have went after him instead of Hancock, <laughs> but, but he was my, he was my Hancock, you know, uh, like he was my runner my second in that waterfall. And the thing, the reason why I was encouraging, the reason why I was even halfway in was because we saw the velo jump back up. This was the highest velo since back in like June and like one of the higher ones of the year. So we, the, the big thing was, is the velo jump was there for Libertor. And with it, was there, there was a little bit of a pitch mix change, less fast. Like probably, the, I think it was the lowest amount of fastballs he's thrown in a start, for seamers while increasing the uh, usage of, like, he had more change-ups, more just secondaries. The sinker was up a little bit, or actually was up from being down. where so weird. His sinker's been all over the place this year. But he's been kind of he incorporated more secondaries, dropped the four-seam usage, but the paired with the uh, VLO gains, I was intrigued. I wasn't, like, all in, but I was thinking to myself, like you kind of said, maybe he figured out, maybe repertoire went down there, or figured it out, got, got his uh, mechanics back found the velocity, changed it, tweaked his pitch mix up a little bit, throwing the change up more than ever this year, too. That was the thing. Was okay, so the changeup was what he added the most of, because I know the sinker's kind of funny. Anyway, I'm looking at it right now, just on the fly as well, because I remember looking at it earlier this week. Anyway, at the end of the day, though, um, very intriguing, very interesting. A guy that I would definitely say he's worth looking into if the Velo's back and maybe found something with that changeup or something, but it's still too early to say that there's more to it than just a, a good start. I just, I'm just encouraged by the Velo being up and the change in pitch mix in this outing. But it's a single start outcome. Every uh, every starts going to change a player's pitch mix usually because you know they go into a start with a certain plan of attack, team
4: they're facing. Yeah.
5: So we'll see if more lefties, more righties, etc. Because that could alter things. But at the end of the day, I guess the Velo being back is a big step forward for the and the fact that he's incorporating a change up more, maybe that's could be like just having the, the other secondaries incorporated more as a whole could be a step forward as he takes away that use of that four-seamer that probably, if I had to to guess, I bet you that four-seamer was getting crushed up until that point, too. That would make sense. Um, Last guy I wanted
4: to bring up here before we talk about our ad drops of the week, the Moose. Mike Moustakis added in 43 leagues as high as $17, as low as a buck. I've written him up, I think, in three straight waiver wire columns, talked about him way too much in DFS and other shows. Um, He's been pretty good since he came to the Angels in June. Uh, Rendon went down, so he's the everyday third baseman, plays occasionally at first base for the Angels, hits fourth pretty much every day for the Angels. Since the all-star break, Moose is hitting 276 with seven doubles, five homers, 14 runs, and 20 RBIs. It's basically a month's work of work he's put those numbers up there, striking out less than 20%. Um, I don't think he'll ever be the guy he once was in Kansas City. He has some pretty darn good numbers if you
5: need a corner infield option, and I've been starting on the last few weeks in 12s. I don't know what to think. I mean, the hard hit rate numbers are the best since 2016. The yep. barrel rate is the highest it's been since 2020. Um, you look at this for Mustakis, the, the he's elevating the ball as well as ever. He ha- he's putting the ball in the air 43.2% of the time, pulling the ball plenty. I wonder about that pull fly ball rate. Right? It's probably up there. It probably explains why he's getting the power production, honestly. But it's just weird to me. Like I don't know, it doesn't matter if it makes sense. You just again, it goes back to ride it out cuz uh I don't know if I buy it, but there are some stuff here that's like very like legitimately intriguing. So at least it's not completely crazy. The pull fly ball rate is 34.5%. The pull, oh, no, sorry, 32.5%. So when you combine his flat, cool pull fly balls and pull line drives, we're looking at 50% of his balls are pulled in the air. That's going to turn into good things. So the approach is there from a to at least produce the power while he's making contact. The big thing is, is that he's making contact compared to like I feel like that's yes. been his biggest issue. He just hasn't yep. been healthy or hasn't been able to do that's it. That's why I highlighted striking out less than twenty percent. That's big for Moose. Oh, well, so the thing is, is his contact rates aren't even up. But what it is is he's not chasing. It's like he's said he's a little more. He's being patient and not missing as much in the zone. The swing strike rate is down, still high. Thirteen point two percent isn't low it's i would chalk this up to a hot streak obviously i think no one's really surprised by that finding oh it's a hot streak for moose no you don't say a long hot streak though it's just one of those things where i mean we've seen guys run hot we saw how long was rooker's hot streak yeah sure so this is like i feel like this is a brent rooker situation where it's like it there's some things there that suggest, like the power. I, I believe the power because the approaches there in terms of from stock is the the pull fly ball line drive approaches there. So I believe the power is legitimately like a thing. I just don't know how much I buy into the because the contact rates aren't really gained. And yes, he is chasing less, so that's good. And the swing strike ground swing strike rate is lower, but it's still a bit worse than the average. The contact rates it, like are still below league average. So I think this is a Brent Rooker situation where it's just an elongated heater. And you ride it out, but I just don't know. And and honestly, it doesn't matter if I'm wrong like, or right. It doesn't matter if I'm right because at this point of the year, enjoy it. Like just, yep. like, I just can't stress that enough because I want to make sure people understand.
4: I'm going to cut thing. that clip out. Curlin just said enjoy it when it comes to fantasy baseball. And I, trust I, me, I, if you talk to Curlin off the air, he's I not hate, enjoying anything right now. I hate fantasy baseball. So we're going to clip that one. Uh, let's talk about our ad drops of the week, Curlin, because I know you have Anderson oh, so Hancock as one of them. So who are your other ad drops of the week?
5: um okay so for this week i had i dropped india i don't remember who i dropped him for it doesn't matter because he's gone now so rest in peace india you can go join josh naylor and josh young and every other disappointment of an injury the second half for me um i grabbed who else i grabbed i grabbed Cade marlowe because he had uh, he sat against a righty of course but he had six out of seven as righties and he's been hot lately so i was really interested in Cade marlowe power speed um i grabbed monasterio in my league because i'm chasing some batting average help and i think he i mean i know it's tough matchups this week so it might, might not have been the week to go after him but Monastero is a guy that I trust the playing time. I'm kind of just chasing play appearances and I'm chasing uh, batting average a little bit. So him, Brian Rocchio, who, again, Rocchio didn't start after sitting Sunday. And I, and I don't see any injury news on him. So that threw me off because Rocchio's coming off a really strong week. and I figured as a rookie coming off a strong week, maybe he was just maybe it took him time. He figured it out. So he'd be good again. You know, be he he'd hit on that prospect pedigree a bit. But who knows? He's just sitting back to my games. Maybe he's, maybe there's a weird injury that we don't know about. But um, also Drew Waters, he's somehow still available in my league. I feel like I've seen him added and dropped so many times. He was kind of hot before the paternity or the bereavement list. So I got him. So I got... Drew Waters, Rokio, Monasterio, and Marlowe are my four offense. I, I'm just turning and burning offensive pieces, obviously. I and, like then, um, pieces, and then, and uh, then, and then, Emerson Hancock. So those are my five main. Those are my five additions. We talked about pretty much all of them one way or another. Cade Marlowe, I bid. That's the only one. I Actually, bid, all my, all those bids were like six to five, three to two, really good. Marlowe was five to zero, and I think it's because I found him as like a really fun. Name. I, I, I think there's some bias that went into that because I was really in on him earlier. He's in hitting the in the middle of the order. He's playing pretty well. He was playing very well, but the problem is, is so he, like he said it's ready tonight for some reason, but and then there's a lefty either tomorrow or the next day, but it's one of those things where he I. I he got added by somebody else in my league for more for like double digits like for like 10 15 bucks earlier a couple weeks ago was dropped so i and i saw him get hot again so i was like well screwed i'm gonna go ahead and put five bucks on him because i figured he'd at least get two or three dollar bid on him zero so that one hurt it was a five to zero so and right now you know i'm down to like no money so that was such a that, was, that one hurt but at the end of the day i still believe the skill set i looked look at him like sure he's a streamer but i really do think he can I think Marlowe can have some staying power even if he's a bench streamer just a variety of matchups just because of the skill set he's been showing and we know he actually has a little power speed so at the end yeah. of the day that so he was the upside play but the other ones all were just like hey let me attack playing time slash like I want to build some batting average help and of course I have Kyle Lewis who came back tonight and I didn't get him in my lineup because he only has a two game week and I probably should have got him in anyway but he had a two game week so I, I get him back and Chapman's out tonight, so I didn't plug him in. So I, I got some issues with injury. Oh, Chapman would be another by the way Chapman would be another injury to that offensive yeah, Chapman. That finger but, issue. Yeah. Yeah. So you're giving, your, off. you're giving your team the finger, huh? If you've seen my my team that I drafted, and not because I was a bad draft, just the just the injuries. My oh, team have... right now is full of free agencies. Michael Massey, Jordan Diaz, uh, um, McCormick, who I've held on to since I got him. So it's been a good one. Uh, Waters, Rokio, Monasterio, Marlowe. My team is, wave, is oh uh, Nolan Jones. My whole team is a waiver wire, Henry Davis. Like, and I understand, don't get me wrong. I understand FAB is a huge part of a free agency. Is a huge part of fantasy. I get that. But my team, a a true winning team, shouldn't be composed of like 90%. Not that many. many, But it wasn't. My pitching staff is still like 90% of what I drafted. Well, and yet my pitching's but that's the thing. My hitting was doing really well, and I lost so many key parts. So I'm It'll just frustrated. Bro- yeah, but not, it's not supposed to happen to me. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to run pure all year, my first ever main event. I'm not supposed to feel heart- defeat or heartbreak. Come
4: on, man. Well, we'll see what happens. Here are my ad drops for my OCs this week. I added Zach Lytle, dropped Brian, uh, Brian Wu, big Wu fan, but not sure what to expect there. Adam Mike Talkman, dropped Edward Julian. Um, that was one. They're both four to zero bids uh oc2 i added brandon belt dropped edward julian belt's been playing really well got a lot of uh, righties this week and with toronto added bryce terang dropped tim anderson added weston wilson dropped brian woo for a buck that was like a waterfall and somehow i ended up with weston wilson that might be a drop again but i like the matchup in the lefties they got coming up that they're facing and then in oc1 i made a bunch of moves added miles mikolas dropped Nestor cortez added brandon belt dropped edward julian added brian hayes dropped tim anderson added Kyle Gibson, dropped Jose Quintana. So we were, we were active in that one as well. So yeah, just a, a lot of just churning and burning similar to you. Nothing staple, but like Belt's been hit with a ton of power, decent average of Lake Brian Hayes. Miklas has been really good. I was happy to see him out there. Kyle Gibson has been sneaky good for those not keeping track at home, like sneaky ratio good of late. So he's been a guy as well, but for the most part, I gave up on Julian. That's the one I was a, a tough cup and that was a 12 team. Like, Hey, we're, we're making it or breaking it, kid, so it's time to to cut some bait and see where things go. We got two questions that came in during the show, Curlin, so we're going to fire these off real quick.
5: I saw uh, one of them. I have no answer for one of them.
4: Yeah, uh, Andy Splinter said, Whose <laughs> scheduled Do y'all like rest of the season hitting and pitching? Um, I would need more time than that. Sorry, I, got,
5: I don't have the schedule in front of me to uh, – to pull that one off uh yeah i i have remember i actually did i actually put it out for free too i have like all this all the team's remaining schedules and i used it mostly for hitters just because like hey there's like six start week five start week but i guess you could look at that and see which pitchers you want first so if you want it i just i, I could tweet back out is, let is me the know. pitching
4: changes so much these days like each week yeah. in the middle of the week even after you added them like it's no so no but maybe p-
5: maybe you can look at like the last five weeks and be like all right cool Atlanta has. No, I got all the like Atlanta has like okay, like three seven game weeks. So you'll like I'm looking right now. They have three seven game weeks on the stretch. Maybe you can get a couple two start weeks out of this guy, and they get Colorado, Philly, and Washington. Like you, so you can get an idea of a guy. Like you can just look at the schedule and get an idea. Like okay, maybe look at these matchups. Like, that's how I would do. It. I I would have to. I like to try to actually pinpoint how they exactly line up rest of the season. But I guess you that would be the way to look. I just because I have access to do it. That's I just I can't. But like you said, 25 minutes ago or wherever it was, like in the middle of the podcast, I can't just randomly pull those t- teams and all that out of thin air yeah. without one more time. Sorry,
4: buddy. Uh, and the date yellow says, in John Gray's last three starts, even though the results weren't there in the first two, the swinging strike is way up. Is it possible that it took him time to come back from the blister? Is there anything you see different in the last three starts? Uh, I think the, the swinging strike is big for me. Uh, that was uh, tremendous. Because that blister issue, we've seen it with, like, uh, Braxton Garrett and some other guys. It takes a handful of starts, obviously to get back from that. Have you seen anything when you look at um, John Gray, that leaves you optimistic?
5: Yeah. Over the last three starts at ER, 3.75 Sierra compared to the 5.71 ERA, including a really strong outing against the giants, mind you. So keep that in mind, but no offense, bubble No, it's
4: fair. That's fair. <laughs> but um, I mean,
5: it. some bad bad luck. The 333 badip isn't exactly good. Uh, KMS walk rate of 19.4 percent, good, not great. 1.21 uh, on whip, not ideal. Uh, let me see. I'm just, I'm gonna see if maybe the velocity was up. I'm just gonna look at his uh, last few games in terms of like, was there VLO? You like, normally I catch the VLO changes, so I don't think yeah, even that last starting against the Giants,
4: the O swing was through the roof. Swing strike was up a pretty good amount from the previous start. So how much does uh, that start
5: carrying the last yeah, three? Yeah, that's what I'm
4: trying to like decipher in my brain. Because like Houston, he got a great swinging strike rate against Houston, too. That's a tough matchup. Then Miami, they've been a sneaky good of late contact-wise. So, yeah, Giants kind of
5: helped. I'm, I'm not saying that he, Gray isn't going to be good rest of the way. It's just one of those things where, so over the last three starts, Gray flip-flopped minus the last start, which is funny because the last start his best start out of the last three. He had been flip flopping the slider fastball usage, so the slider had been way up, with the fastball being the secondary to that. It's still a slider fastball combo with like this, with the changeup and curve being kind of just thrown in there as needed. So Gray isn't really changing it up in terms of slider fastball. What he had done was flip-flop the usage where it's like the slider was up to like 60, 50, 60 percent, and the fastball was down to 30 to 35 percent. And then this last start where he found success, it was a 40, like a 42 to 47 percent split with the fastball getting the most of it. So that was the, the big change. I, I say that was the only change I noticed from the last start compared to the first two. But he has been incorporating a, a heavier slider approach out of the with the slider fastball combo John Gray has. But I don't know if that's enough to really be. Like, hey, so this is a thing. This, maybe it's helping the strikeouts, but I can't speak to if it's going to actually lead to it. Because part of what led to his success was changing the slider initially, getting that slider's velocity um, up and kind of change. I think it was changing the way he was throwing it in terms of like less movement on it. And the slider's velocity has been up a little bit the last few starts. I don't, I don't know about the movement though. It's well, that other... giant that Giants game. He also
4: saw his ground ball rate soar up in that game it was all strikeouts and ground balls against the giants
5: yeah i'm looking i'll see and there was of course the he got yeah he had less he had less vertical move he had a little less movement on the path on the breaking ball almost like it was again not moving as much i don't know it's it's hard to say it seems like it was one good i mean i'm I, i'm 15s you're holding 12s still fringy in my opinion yeah. but it's just one of those things where it's like there's not i'm over here trying to find something for john gray like oh this definitely happened i see some stuff but not enough to be like yeah this is definitely why it's going to be good going forward before there was a little bit of change in the slider and all that throwing it harder whatever but he's kind of doing that but it's one start and then kind of less movement but it was one start how much of it was the one start was it approach because it was the giants was it because it was the giants in general I don't know. I'm not, again. I can't sit here and I'm. I can't. I'm not gonna sit here and make up reasons to be optimistic. I'm. we'll we'll, I'm not over, we'll,
4: we'll know on Wednesday he faces the Angels and that's a struggling team to begin with. And then next week he gets at Arizona, so it's a nice little couple starts here. You'll you'll get a great. You're gonna start him regardless if like, if you have John Gray in both those starts, and you'll know for sure if if he's turned the corner or not. If he can't get it done against them, it might be time to pull the pen with a month to go in the season. Um, but yeah, I, I'd roll them out there against the angels and the diamondbacks, to be honest, that's yeah. my two cents. So why not? That, that's the way I would approach it. If I, if I was, uh, looking, if I was a John Gray manager, that'd be my two cents on that one. All right, Curlin, we're going to wrap it up there. Another episode in the books. Uh, thanks for, uh, for, for, for being here and being a part of it. Uh, any final thoughts before you go to bed for the evening?
5: I just want to cry. <laughs> <laughs>
4: you, you, um, you're you're going to get the win,
5: aren't you? I'm like, I'm just that bubble. I'm just this, this season. I, I, I'm just actually really tired, but the season as a whole, it's like, it's, it's a grind. And I think this year was like, I stepped up my game as an in analysis and playing and it's just becoming like, I, I see how it's like the, the amount of work it takes to do it all. It's, 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 it doesn't matter. We can talk about that all fair. Have a good night, everybody. It's been a lot of fun. As always,
4: as always. Thanks for Mike Kerlin for joining us. Check him out on Twitter at Mike underscore curlin. I'm on Twitter at BDN Again, keep your questions coming in. We're going to get to the finish line this season, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. This was Bench with Bubba, episode 601. Catch you guys next time.
0: And use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
2: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period
0: Every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley. With premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the Leather Collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new Leather Collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at four ninety nine ninety nine dollars 99 and sofas at five ninety nine ninety nine. dollars 99 Ashley, for the love of home.
2: Hey friends, are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider.